What's up, everybody? Welcome back to We Gotta Talk About. This is your girl, KTZ. Hello, hello. This is Maya. And welcome to this week's episode. We've got two, we were just talking about this before we clicked record, two topics that shouldn't be too heavy, actually. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll find out with Maya's. We will see what we unpack here. Ooh, but we're talking about (laughs) uh, relationships uh, in regards to family, I guess, more Mm -hmm. specifically, and friendships. We're going to end it with friendships. So this is just kind of, you know, two aspects of your world, if you have them, because not everybody does. And we're going to dive into all of that. So yeah, I guess we'll start out, let's see, today's Thursday. It's not our normal day of recording. We recorded on a day our episode releases. Yeah, that is different for us. It is. Maya, when Maya entered the call, she heard me listening to our episode. That's kind of what I do on Thursdays now. I like plug in and just listen to it while I, you know, start my day. But yeah, what is it? It's so cute of you. Thanks. You know, I just want to, I just want to feel like how someone else may feel, you know, when they listen, I'm a work. I know. And I started doing that because you had texted me a couple weeks ago saying that you were listening to it. And so every time Caitlin listens, she'll just like text me and be like, Oh, I just, you know, like I'm just listening to this. And like this little thing is like bringing me joy and it makes me so happy. And so like this morning I actually turned it on and usually like I've edited it it so much Mm -hmm. and like spent so much time like chopping up the episode and everything that like I never really go back and listen to the full thing. I'll just like kind of move around and see like what parts I want to hear or whatever. But today I actually listened to like the actual first full half of the episode. Same. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud of us. I know. I just had a great moment. I had a rough start to my morning. So I just like sat down, relaxed, KTZ style and put on the podcast and I just felt all good. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go now. It's good. But yeah, yeah I'm glad. mid-September which is wild. I feel like September oh, I can't believe it. Just started. Um, I girl, it's kind of weird because real quick before we dive in, I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm already making plans for 2021, and I feel like 2021 has like a big question mark all over it, and I'm just very much like starting the anxieties kicking in because mm. like you know I was talking about the new group chat I'm a part of because I have this inaugural family trip being planned and I'm just thinking like damn COVID's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon for America it just seems like because it just seems like everybody else is kind of just deciding that COVID's just gonna be something we deal with I don't know because I don't know how many people are gonna get a vaccine I don't know how quickly this thing will be like eradicated at a pace where normalcy quote-unquote would return Mm -hmm. but yeah is that weird you're not planning anything for 2021 are you I we have anything going on yet well the thing is that like I also had plans up in the air for 2020 and I'm a very flexible person kind of like where I am right now is I'm actually very strongly considering moving out of the country um because COVID has just like put so many things in perspective for me yeah and I just feel like I want to reconnect with just like the world outside of the U.S. like it's been so long since I traveled and there's a lot of work to be done in this country and I feel like the revolution brewing and I feel like people starting to wake up to a lot of things. And it actually like has been a source of frustration for me is like people will be like, Oh, like, you know, these things are happening. There's a lot of really horrible shit happening in the world. And just this week, um, 
the thing about the mass hysterectomies in ICE concentration camps surfaced. And when that happened, I don't know, like the way that I react to things is very different than most Americans, I think, because I've spent a lot of my childhood actually traveling in the global South. And so like, I know how the U.S. operates in other countries and I've seen it. I've seen it in like my own, like parents' countries of how like the U.S. has interfered and like kind of the things that like Europe and the U.S. has done in other countries. And so like nothing that happens in this regard like really surprises me because they also did mass hysterectomies in Puerto Rico not that long ago. Mm -hmm. Um, So none of this is like new. And so I I was talking to my sister the other day and I was like, it's just kind of frustrating to me, I think, because I want people, I see people waking up and I see people being aware and I see all of these things spreading and I think it's fantastic. But also, like, I have a unique perspective as an American, and I feel like I could do just as much good helping other places, like, recover from U.S. imperialism as I could, like, helping people in the U.S. So it's kind of like I the things, the skills that I have and, like, the kind of, like, values that I have and everything and the mindset, I could really like use that skill set anywhere in the world. And so I'm like, why do I feel like I need to live in this country? Like my parents left the country that they were from and like they decided, you know, I'm going to go and explore another country and like live there. And it's like, why don't I feel like I can do the same thing? That's really interesting you say that. That's a lot. I can't believe that. Yeah, sorry. (laughs) No, and I just think it's just because I think that's the first you've said that. So, I mean... I don't know, six months ago, we were talking about you just moving to the East Coast and like settling somewhere in New York. And um, so that's wild. I totally see you doing that. When you said that, it didn't freak me out at all. Like, you know, when you hear your people's plans and you're like, oh, okay, like, go for it. Yeah, but I'm going to see how it works out. Yeah, I don't feel like that at all with you. I feel like (laughs) you would be fine. You would thrive. You'd probably be so much more happier and just like, it's because it's interesting like you said you have a different perspective from being American because your experience as an American is not the quote-unquote you know typical American majority aka white experience yeah so or black American even true and that's interesting okay no and I just say that because it's so funny because you are not the first person who's like yeah this doesn't surprise me and like I see you doing it Right. But, <laughs> but, but I think that says something too, just about who you are and just what you have seen. Like you said, you've seen stuff over there. You've seen stuff here. Like you've kind of had the best and worst of both worlds, I feel like in terms of perspective. So, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go somewhere that yeah. is your homeland? There's just, there's just so much, there's so much to do in the world. <laughs> so much to do in the world. I definitely think you're right in regards to like the revolution is brewing. It's coming here. I really don't think people are ready for what could potentially go down within the next like 10 to 20 years in America. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I used to be someone who in regards to just like moving, I just very much, I was like, okay, I'm only moving to Texas if I have like a job opportunity there. And then I'm only moving to Texas. Like I was like moving to New York doesn't make sense because New York is just as expensive as California, like with way more just, I don't know. Anyway, but now like lately because of COVID and just everything, I'm like, okay, I don't feel tied down now to the Bay area that I think I felt within this last decade. And I think because I'm approaching a decade, I'm like, okay, I don't have to stay here. I can really go really anywhere and do anything at this point. Yeah. And like this, I've seen so many people our age 
who were like, surprise, we're leaving the Bay Area and we're moving to Austin. We're moving to Chicago. We're moving to the East So many people have moved in the past year. This like huge exodus that's happening from the Bay Area is humongous. And I know the same thing was kind of happening for New York for a while. It -hmm. sounds like a lot of people who escaped to the suburbs of New York are back in the city. But it also seems like a lot of people who were in New York for work went back to wherever they were from. Um, But yeah, so it's interesting you say that just because my whole point of me saying all that was to say, I'm finally feeling like, okay, I think I'm ready to kind of like have my options open in regards to I don't have to stay here. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's kind of what COVID has taught a lot of us is like, life is short. Yeah. Shit happens. You know, the planet is kind of like in disarray, both from climate change and just from like political social social like all these other issues and if you feel like you can move somewhere if you feel like you can make a bigger impact somewhere else like even just in a different state or in a different part of the state like why not do it if you have the means to do it yeah like so many people are moving I feel like everybody's just like taking these opportunities and new jobs and like people are getting fired and finding new jobs and just like moving around in their industries yeah it's wild. So anyway, we will update you guys in what, six months? I don't know. We'll see how long we're still doing this thing. I'll let you know. Okay. All I've been doing lately. So I like redecorated my room and I'm feeling just like a new sense of productivity and like sense of purpose in a way. I don't know. There's something about like cleansing your space. Yeah. It's so like rejuvenating. And so, um, I've literally just been watching, uh, black, YouTubers Mm -hmm. um, talk about their experiences traveling, specifically in Southeast Asia, because that's a place that I'm strongly considering. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to go to Thailand um, in March, and now I'm like, why don't I just move to fucking Thailand? Just book a one-way ticket and just see what's up. Have a central location and then just travel throughout. Yeah. Southeast Asia. Um, So yeah, so we'll see. Girl, yes. I know my lease ends, I don't know, in January or February, I think like right when February hits. So I'm just like, like I said, it's the middle of September. Who would have thunk it? You know, quarantine started March. It's just wild. And by the time, what, October, November, December, like I'm going to hit the holidays and celebrate them and be super happy and like, ha, holidays. Mm-hmm. Like, my boyfriend, I was like, the Amazon cart is full of Christmas decorations, and, like <laughs> decorations. I was like, I've just figured out, like, if I just finally decorate our space and just make it feel a certain way, I'm just going to help make just, you know, I'm all about that. Anyway. Well, yeah, the space, the space is important. It's important. And I want it to feel holiday-ish. I don't know yeah. why. I just, maybe it's just like the living on my own thing not having to deal with roommates and just like my own space. I just keep doing that. There's just so many moments in my life where like things happen and I'm just like, this is my double Scorpio moon and rising. This is- Yeah. I literally have a book on my table right now that is Introduction to Indian Astrology. Nice. I love it. You know, Because apparently my dad, we just recently bonded over this. Okay. And I guess he didn't realize that I was into astrology and he got so excited and we have a hard time like connecting and finding things to talk about. Um, And so- that was one of the things. And he just like pulled out all these astrology books and was like, do you know how many books I have? Like, this is our thing. <laughs> You're like, great. This is something we can do now. Finally. You guys got to like invest in like a telescope and just like find all the constellations every night. I know I've been you know? seeing you on your Instagram, like with yes. oh, these planets. I love it. 
girl, no, I'm just so loving the fact that like, it's just so interesting to me what's happening right now in this year. It's just really awe-inspiring to me that like with the craziness going on and uncertainty and just like everything kind of being in our faces and exposed on a different level than ever before, that every night since July 3rd, Jupiter and or Pluto have been seen with the naked eye. And it's just so mind-boggling to me because it's always been so hard. Like, I don't know, my parents did their like absolute best to wake me up for every like meteor shower we would have because we grew up in the desert. So like we didn't have the city lights. It was very, you know, I could spot Orion every night. Like I knew how to look for the Big Dipper. Like I just loved like knowing little things because we could see the stars. So I just love the fact like planets though, I never been able to like really see planets. Like, you know, we had our super moons like these Mm -hmm. last five, six years and like the blood moon. So like those things have been happening, but like to see planets with your naked eye, I'm like, yes, this is my jam. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Nope. And so, yeah, I'm like, people just like, remember that things are going on. Cool things, things that just make you put your like existence into perspective. And the thing that I love about that is there's, there's a few things that are like constants that you can always rely on. Right. And I feel like, you know, the universe existing and moving and changing around us is just like a constant that we can actually rely on right now. Yeah. And it's beautiful. I just like it. It's, it's, yeah. it's comforting. So yeah, anyway, okay, that's our, yeah, that's our, <laughs> we went in there, you know, we never, we never plan to, these things just happen, but let's dive yeah, in. Yeah, you know, we're just catching up. Yeah, I want to talk about parenting um, a little bit. I don't know how many of y'all have moved back home or kind of like reconnected in a different way with your family since COVID started. Um, I personally am a very independent person and anyone who knows me knows that like the last thing I ever wanted to do was move back home. Yeah. And I did because I was planning to move across the country. So I was like, why don't I just move home, save money, not have to pay rent, you know, kind of like springboard for Maya. This was supposed to be like a springboard of like, this is just a little pit stop before I go do what I'm want to go do and what I know I'm like excited to do. And exactly. Then- <laughs> yeah. And Caitlin knows that. Um, and so, like I said before, like no one is ever surprised when I decide to do something like some big move, something like drastic. I don't know. That's just how I am. Um, because I plan stuff for a really long time and then I don't tell anybody. And then randomly I'm just like, Oh, here's all of the like big plans that I've made. Um, So it's not so much that I'm like a spontaneous, like spur of the moment person. I just don't tell people until I know that things have like fully developed. Yeah. And she's like, so in 21 days, uh, (laughs) and it's kind of been in motion for the last four, six months, but there you go. And I'm like, great. Congratulations. Yeah. When we like met up for dinner and I was like, yeah, so I'm moving in like (laughs) two weeks. We hadn't seen this girl in like months and we were just so long overdue to just sit down and catch up. And then we do. And she's like, yeah, so I'm leaving. I was like, oh, word. So glad we could sit down and talk (laughs) since I can't do this with you in 60 days. So we got some bomb pizza, some beer. I regret nothing. That was a great dinner. It was a fantastic dinner. And I still have yet to go back to that place. I keep telling my man we got to go. Girl, that's like around the corner from your house. I know, but we just keep going to like his work or literally his work. I just just keep going to the same place because I've just... In my head, I keep telling myself if I just keep going to the same restaurant, if anything were to happen, at least I know where. Like, I don't have to, like... 
I mean, that's kind of true. I don't know. I ju- we just went to- And especially if he's, like, already working there, then it's, like, you're exposed to those people secondhand exactly. anyway. So I'm just kind of, like, trying to keep it, like, if I must, at least I'm keeping it in the same area. So anyway, back on topic. Yeah, anyway, so, um... <laughs> So since moving home, I have just noticed the political landscape right now is crazy. You know, we have an election coming up in November. Protests have been happening. How many months has it been now? Four or five months? Yes. They've been happening for a long time. And so it's just making all of us, I think, connect to people on in different ways. And so one of the things that I've really noticed, like, impacts me and my mental health and, like, my communication styles and things like that is my parents. Because I'm here with them all the time. I'm an adult now. And I haven't lived in this house for seven years. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to come back home because your parents weren't with you the whole time you were out of the house. So, like, they don't see, they don't know all of the stuff that you did to basically survive on your own. Right. And they don't know, you know, how you've been coping all these years because it's kind of just like, you know, a conversation every weekend here and there. Yeah. And so it's just like very, (laughs) it's very interesting. The dynamic is very, very interesting. Yeah. So I kind of just wanted to talk about how our relationship with our parents has changed. And one thing we were talking about before we started recording was I moved home and I realized that my parents are also people and that they have just as many issues as I do. Yes. And I don't know about you, I'll ask you this after I talk about it a little bit, but when I was a kid, I just like, I've always been really close with my parents. There's this thing, um, every mother of three that comes to my house and interacts with my mom and needs me is always like the middle children are so special. I don't know what it is. Like we have a very special bond with like specifically our mothers, but like, I don't know. There's something about middle children. Like, we've talked about this before, right? Yeah. And so it's just so funny to me because I've always been really, really close with them. And, like, especially my mom, like, I just look up to her so much because there's not anybody else who really, like, understands me like her. Like, she's my mom. But also, like, we have such similar personalities. We look almost identical. Like, she's just a gray-haired version of me with some freckles, right? (laughs) Um, And so it's just, like... I looked up to her so much and then I moved back home and like, I know, you know, everything about her childhood and her family and like our family is very close and we're very open because we've had to heal a lot of family wounds, especially on her side of the family. And so like I came home and kind of just started realizing why the environment that I grew up in was the way it was and kind of like realizing that my parents have issues like from their childhood that they've maybe never dealt with. And also they've had issues like with each other that they've never dealt with. And so I was just like, this is so trippy for me to like have been on my own and been an adult for so long and still somehow like didn't realize that my parents were also adults who had their own issues. Like what? (laughs) I think that just happens with all children who live in two parent homes. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I definitely think that narrative might be different for children who grow up with divorced parents. I think it's very thrown in your face that your parents have lives because they're trying to navigate their own lives in the middle of helping you with yours. Um, I don't know that life. I know it's becoming way, way more popularized, this co-parenting divorce world that children are having to navigate with their parents. People aren't even like getting married at this point. There's people just like having kids with people who they love and respect and want to have a partnership with. Yeah. I mean, couldn't be me. <laughs> I, 
just kids are just such a big responsibility and I'm just really enjoying the fact that I don't have to like wake up and take care of someone else. I mean, I guess when you're in a relationship, it's like a little bit of that, but I, I mean, not in that capacity of a child. No, not in the same way. Not at all. But anyway, um, yeah. So that dynamic, I think from two parents, cause I definitely have those moments where I'll have conversations with my parents on FaceTimes and they'll just start like going back and forth a little bit at each other. And I'm just like, I know it's cute and funny maybe, but then I'm like, oh, but what if they aren't? Like, what if they're just like writing it off to be that way? But like, I don't know. Um, Cause they do have their own life and they have friends. Like they have mutual friends. They like, you know, they work together now. They're like working together and living they together. Do? Oh yeah. Like they could stand up and look over and like see each other. Oh, like they're working from home. No, 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 no. Like in their building at. Oh, like they actually physically work together in yeah, the same like office. Yeah, like the same floor. Like, oh, no. oh God. Yeah. So, um, different like departments, but they can see each other. It's the funniest thing. And I just laugh at stuff like that. Cause I'm just like, you guys have been married for like 35 plus years and it took you this all this time. And like, you guys are that's now kind of cute. Isn't it though? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, and that's why I hate my, <laughs> I don't hate my parents. I love you both very much. Cause I know they're going to be listening to this. But they have, like, it's just so romanticized in my head. I think the idea of, like, relationships and how you're supposed to live your life with a partner that I definitely mm-hmm. have those moments where I'm just, like, their life is not your life. And my life doesn't have to be a replica of their life. Like, yes. whatever I want my life to be is allowed to be. That's so key. I like to be. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a little bit different because I, like, live in my own world in my head. So I'm not very easily influenced by other people. I'm laughing, but it's because I understand what she's coming from, but that's, like, my the only child in me. I don't know. My parents also have a very different dynamic than yours. Yes. Um, my mom is very – she's, like, independent almost to a fault. Okay. And she – so she was taken out of the Dominican Republic by her mom with her two full brothers. So my mom has five brothers, and only two of them are, like, from her mom. Okay. Because Dominican men. Um And so (laughs) she was taken out of the country and like moved here and her mom used to work like three jobs. I've talked about this before. Um, Mom used to work like a bunch of jobs, worked in factories, you know, they, um, her mom actually married like a Puerto Rican at one point to get citizenship. And so she always just like saw this person who would never really like open up to her and parent her and like love her in the way that a mother really does. Mm -hmm. And so And she also never talked about issues. Like, she would, like, suppress everything and, like, kind of just ignore things and put them to the side because she was, like, I'm too busy working and providing for you guys and trying to give you guys the best life possible. I don't have time to, like, dive into our feelings and, like, be there for you emotionally on this stuff. And so my mom – these are – this is why I talk about, like, healing childhood wounds is, like, because of the way my grandma was, my mom did like a complete 360 and was like, okay, I'm going to be exactly not like that. But then she's like overly emotional and wants to talk to you about your feelings too much. Okay. Because she never got that. Right. And there's a, there's a balance between being emotionally available and open to your children and allowing them to develop as independent people and being like suffocating because you want to know their emotions because you didn't get that. Yes. I hear you. So my family dynamic is really different from most families, I think, because my mom has always kind of been the head of the household. 
my dad is a very like laid back, nonchalant um, person. And so he's kind of like, I don't know, their dynamic has changed over the years. And so like before it was kind of like her, it was her way, you know, she was in charge of everything. She made all the decisions and now he's trying to like fight back for that balance. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very interesting dynamic now. Um, because I, I see my dad like trying really hard to express himself more. And I think that's really great for him. Like, I'm really proud of him for doing that because I struggle with the same things. Like we are similar in a lot of the ways that we cope with uh, feelings and emotions. Okay. Um, and so like the family dynamic has always been like very interested in my house, but in regards to like their relationship, I never really romanticized it because my parents fight a lot. Okay. Um, they've always just been that way. And I, they told me this a while ago, they were like, when you're in a relationship and like, you start fighting and that's kind of, you know, you like bicker and argue as a normal thing. You can't really like grow out of that. It just becomes like a habit of your relationship. So like there are certain couples who just never fight. Yeah. They never bicker. They never argue. There's never a disagreement, but then like everything is suppressed and it like blows up eventually. Right. But my parents are like almost to the other extreme where like they argue and bicker and want to have like a discussion about everything Mm -hmm. so it's interesting so I've never really like romanticized the relationship but like my view on relationships changed a lot when my sister was you know dating her now husband right because they have a very equal partnership okay they have their issues um and they're very open about it and I'm with them a lot because they also lived in the bay area so like I would see all of these things right but they're really good about leaving exiting the common area and saying like we're gonna go talk about this in our own space on our own time privately not in front of people Mm -hmm. you don't need to know our business and I think that's a very healthy way to go about things is to like openly communicate on the regular but also like when you need to go and do that in private because like that's your business exactly so like I view I view relationships very differently than I used to from like just growing up and then like being in college and stuff um, because I've observed that but I've never really like idealized romantic relationships. See and okay so I'm gonna try to say this as like ambiguously as possible because I know certain people listen to this and I in no way want to like put okay. So for me in my childhood, a lot of my friends' parents were married to parent homes. Divorce was like, yeah, people had divorced parents. It wasn't like an anomaly, but it was also kind of just like, there were probably more people that stayed together than were not together. Okay. But then as we all got older, people's parents started splitting up or just you started to realize like, oh, these people have real issues going on in their homes. And you never would have known because all of the parents kind of like did their best to just keep their issues behind closed doors or thinking their kids weren't hearing certain discussions and knowing certain things were going on, but like they knew everything. And so I know how that affects people in their own relationships. Cause I see it now. I'm like looking mm-hmm. at those people and I just see how they deal with love and like how they deal with their own personal friendships and stuff. And I don't, my parents' childhoods were both, what's the perfect adjective? I don't want to say rough. Like, I don't know. My mom grew up in a hood suburb outside of Dallas. And my dad grew up outside of Dallas with the father who was abusive at times and was kind of in and out of the picture. And he's the youngest of five. And my mom's the oldest with a sister who was a half sister, but like 
you never know it because they don't ever act like there's any difference in DNA kind yeah. of a thing. That's but, how my mom is. Yeah, but they both they both just seen some really bad from their fathers that they just knew, I think instinctively, if they ever got married and had a family, that they would just never do what their fathers did to them or the other people. So I think that's a blessing for me that I got that because it means I got really great parents. But again, I think when you grow up in like a quote unquote perfect world, you kind of expect all relationships to operate that way. And mm-hmm. if I can tell you the last two boyfriends I've had, because I mean, honestly, the only two boyfriends I've really had, I guess. Um, and I say that you guys, cause I literally haven't been single since like, I don't know, my senior year of high school and I'm 27. So like, that's what I'm saying. Serial monogamist. Over Serial here. monogamist. But they both had moments where they're like, we're not your parents. Like you, I need you to realize like, we are not that relationship. And the fact that they both said it, I was like, okay, wait a minute. Like, yeah, you're right. But also I know what I like deserve and want. So it's like that finding that balance of like, okay, how much of it am I romanticizing? How much of it really is just like, okay, you guys are too, my parents are such a team. Like they work mm-hmm. so well in tandem. They kind of have these like unspoken, just like you do this and I do this. Wow, and it what is that works. like? Right. And I just, and it's crazy because you realize how many people don't grow up with that. And it's so weird to me because, you know, then I look at like my boyfriend's parents relationship, which is nothing like my parents. And it's so weird to me. And it makes me like low-key uncomfortable at times because I'm just like, I'm not used to this. But then so many people are used to that where they're like, oh, that sounds normal. And I'm like, no, that sounds like red flags. But like for people, it is normal because that's how a lot of people operate. So yeah, I don't know. I don't think that that your perspective is a bad one. I think it's nice that like you see your parents working as a team and you want that, but it is important to remember that you're not them. So I think it's good that like your boyfriend reminds you of that. And I think he is really good about kind of like calling you out on certain things that you do. Yes. That he knows like, he knows exactly where it comes from. And yes. there's, and there's like certain times where you tell me like, oh yeah, you know, like he, he told me, you know, to stop rep- doing this or like, yeah. Yeah. But got reprimanded a little bit, but it's not, it's not a bad thing because like he, oh. he probably sees his parents' relationship and your parents' relationship. And it's like, it would be great to have like a nice balance of, of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to also touch on like growing up with other people who you saw their family dynamic. So, okay, so here's the thing. There's so much tea. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this in a way where I don't expose the tea. Because I remember talking to my parents about my own relationship and how my own personal highs and lows within my relationship and how that's perceived and whatever and just like, you know, what people want for me versus like what I want for myself. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit down. I remember talking to my parents about it and I had to sit down and be like, you know, y'all keep saying, you know, it's supposed to be like this or you're not supposed to take this. But then like, I find out that people's parents were cheating on each other for a majority of a relationship or that there was verbal or physical abuse in the relationship or, you know, physical child abuse within the relationship. Or like these people were literally just abusing their, like there's just so many things where I found out as an adult because it wasn't for me to know as a child it, they didn't want to rock any ebb and flow of whatever community or friend group or family group I was a part of. 
And so for me, I'm like, okay, but wait, so I feel like things are facade when it comes to like parenting and being adults, because you're picking and choosing as an adult, like what you want to deal with for your relationship, not realizing how it affects the children and how they're going to operate, not just in relationships, but with just human beings moving forward. Like I had to realize a lot of the reasons why certain people in my life were how they were was directly related to how they were being treated at home and the things that they saw between their parents. But it took me until graduating high school, being in college, finally sitting down and hearing some stories or finally sitting down with my friends and us as adults having very honest conversations like y'all would leave the house and like ABCD would happen. And we would just be like waiting for the day that we could like leave the house and go to school so we didn't have to be around this anymore. Like that's why we wanted to hang out and play so much growing up was because we needed to get away from our environments. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, holy shit, I had no idea. So then I get upset when like I get preached about, you know, oh, like what you deserve and what you should and shouldn't deal with and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm like, okay, but hold up. But then people are sacrificing 20 years of their freaking lives to stay with someone all because you got some kids. And then you're having a toxic home environment for people to grow up in. And it completely clouds their judgment on how they deal with people and human interaction and communication. So then, so then I'm like, you know, you can... Wedding vows are everything right until, you know, they aren't. Like, I don't know. I'm just kind of at that point where I'm just like, you know, you choose to stay together for the kids or your home, whatever excuse you have. But then you end up just breaking those vows anyway and getting divorced. And like, you think that's not, because I don't know what's worse. Being in a home growing up with divorced parents who like go off and date and find the people they should have probably been with in the first place. And like, then you can like have a good co-parenting longevity of a life with this beautiful little blended modern family. Or is it growing up in a household with parents who really weren't happy, who stayed together for the sake of the kids. And then you're graduating high school or college and your parents are calling you like, okay, we're finally divorcing. Like we stuck together, you got your degree and we're gonna go live act two without each other. Um, We'll split up holidays and you're like, so the last 20 plus years of my life were just a lie because you thought that was best. Tell me that's not going to screw someone up. Like how many people do we deal with in the dating world who have issues? And you're like, why are you so crazy? And it's like, you all know why it's because their home life, Mm because their parents stay together when they shouldn't, or their parents can't communicate with them as kids. Like you said, not being emotionally available to your children. Like there's all these aspects. So, and that's, I think that's what I saw growing up was a lot of people. It's a cultural thing too. Girl, because of religion and people's beliefs on like, you know, you get married and you can't get divorced unless there's infidelity and that's frowned upon. And, you know, people who are divorced are ostracized in, you know, churches specifically. So I grew up seeing a lot of people who should not have been together and stayed together for a long time. And even I'm not going to, um, out my family like that but there are people like within my extended family Mm -hmm. um and some people who are not even related to me but are still you know family Mm -hmm. whose parents or grandparents or whatever have literally stayed together and like live in different countries Mm -hmm. because they are technically not even together but they refuse to get divorced and i feel like that's so much worse I would rather, as a kid, have grown up. It's like you see the problem, but then you also see how it's resolved if your parents are divorced. 
Right. Like you see the struggle, right. you see the issue, but then you also learn like there are different ways to solve these problems. You can go and like find happiness elsewhere, whether it's on your own or in a new relationship or just like having a new connection with your kids. And I don't want to like, you know, idealize people who are in like divorced households because I know that they go through a lot of shit too. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not perfect. Like none of it is ideal really. But I feel like as a as an adult, if you saw that, then maybe like you would expect more of yourself. Like you would actually like hold people accountable and be like, I know because I saw my parents not stay together because they knew they deserved better. So like I also know that I have that option. Whereas there's a lot of us who we see our parents and we're like, I don't really think that these two should be together. And they just keep on fighting and like trying to work through it. And then you're kind of like, so I just should stay in relationships just because of some paper that I signed and a name change. Like, I don't know. That seems kind of worse to me in a way. Yeah. Um, it's it's just really weird. I I and I my parents and I have talked about it where you know, they've always, we've, we all, I don't know why. My family loves to play the what if game. And I, I, I think it was probably not the best for me because I always love playing the what if game now. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, it, it was always like, you know, what if we got divorced? Like, what would you do? Like, you know how these kids get thrown into these custody battles and it becomes mm-hmm. this like huge, you know, at a certain age, the judge asks you like, well, where would you like to spend a majority of your time? Um, and I remember always being like, I don't know. Um, I think that's really rude. <laughs> like I to I like forced me as a child to like pick someone. Um and I remember I think my answer used to always be like I know if I picked my dad, it would just break my mom so much that I knew I would pick my mom. But like my mom is my best friend, so like I also knew, you know, living with her wouldn't necessarily be bad, but like you know, my dad's a rules guy, you know, everything's tidy and marine, like whatever, but we have fun and we watch sports and like, we eat the same things. Like, I don't know. So I was like, I would enjoy living with anyone. And I feel like my dad would know, like, just live with your mom during the week and I'll see you on the weekends. Like, I know why you did what you did kind of a thing. But like, that was a group discussion. You know what I'm saying? Where everyone's like putting in their own opinions because it wouldn't happen type of a scenario. My last question that I want us to discuss, what are some expectations from your parents? Like whether it be, um, I don't really want to focus too much on romance for this one, but in regards to like you socially and like in your career, what are some expectations that they had for you and that you had to overcome as an adult kind of push past? Mine are very short, sweet and simple, actually. I think my expectations were always a college degree because they both went to college but did not complete. And I think I always was someone that was saying around the house growing up, like I knew I was going to go to college. It was never a second guess for me. It was always, I just knew that was the path. Mm -hmm. And I always assumed like growing up, I wanted to be, you know, a therapist and a lawyer that requires multiple years of schooling. So I think my parents always thought like, oh, she's going to go to school and do whatever she needs to do for whatever career path she wants to take, get her degree, get a job and live her life. And like a partner will come along, a family will come along. Like that was just the expectation. Mm -hmm. And now being 27 and a long-term relationship, living with a partner, not married, no kids, no career at this point in time, thanks COVID, um, you know, those expectations aren't met. And the, 
I know, I think it's funny for my parents to always ask me like, well, when are you moving to Florida? Like when are you moving to Florida? And I'm like, I don't want to move to Florida. And it's not because I don't not want to be with you guys. Of course, I'd love to live near you guys, be able to come see you and have dinners and just like- <laughs> Not in Florida though. Yeah, not in Florida. Um, but also just, you know, I just, I always equated moving back in with my parents as like the end all be all because I'm so down and out that like, mm-hmm. I just, I need that guidance and I need that safety to like lift myself back up and fix some things before I like- proceed on whatever journey I need to go on. And because I'm not at that point, I think I'm always trying to like make them realize like, you know, I'm not, I'm not like ending certain aspects of life to just go do that yet. And I don't need to do that yet. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the expectations. And I feel like that's probably it. My parents just all, if you ask my parents to say, we always just wanted you to be like happy, healthy, and successful. Like we never wanted you. That's what they all say, but they're lying because every parent no matter what and my parents have always admitted you always want better for your kid than what you have exactly. which is why my parents were like we wanted you to get the degree because we didn't get ours you know we want you to have a loving and happy relationship that didn't really have any peaks and valleys because we didn't get to see that growing up and me and your dad tried very hard for that to be the kind of life that you saw growing up so like you would aspire to only allow yourself to be in those kinds of relationships and areas mm-hmm. and it's like yeah those things they're just very idealistic. I have, you have to remember like the world we live in and how dynamic and complex people are. Yeah. I literally could fall in love with someone who seems great on paper. And then five, 10 years down the road, I find out they're like a psychopath murderer who's been like on the low. And that happens a lot. And it, and it, they're and great so, at hiding it. And in so many different ways, it doesn't have to be as extreme as like psychopath murderer. It could be, <laughs> it could be as small as like, someone who steals all the time or Mm -hmm. someone who, you know, like has to go get numbers from women when they're out just to build their ego or there's just, there's so many different ways things happen. You know, you just don't know. Um, So yeah, those are, those are the expectations I would think my parents would say, I'm sure they're going to listen to this and we'll probably have a whole discussion on it. Um, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, But yeah. What about yours? I think mine were similar in regards to like college and career. Okay. My parents always expected us to go to college and we're also privileged enough that my parents saved money our whole lives so that they could pay for us to go to college. Right. So it was never a question. I never really wanted to go to school. And even now, like I tell them, I'm like, my degree is fucking useless, but whatever. I still have it just in case. Yeah. And that was their thing. They always want us to have safety nets. And I don't do well living like that. I don't like the idea of working just to make money, just to save for later in life when I could be living my life the way that I want to and maybe not be having as big a safety net as they would like. Uh But I'm still living and enjoying my life. And I realized that when I was in San Jose, I was so unhappy because I'm doing exactly what I'd never wanted to do, which was like work a nine to five in an office, commute for two hours every day to go work in an office that I hated with a bunch of white people in like Los Altos. And I told my mom when I worked at Tesla, that was my first job out of college. I was like, I will try this for max two years because she's known my whole life even though she expected it of us and was like, work somewhere where, you know, my parents wanted us to work somewhere where like we could move up, you know, get stocks and, you know, have benefits and all this stuff. And I told her when I started working at Tesla, I was like, I don't see myself working nine to five. I never have. 
And I've never been able to tell you guys that because I knew that was always your expectation. But I told her when I was there, I was like, I hate it here. I hate my job. Um, I don't see the point in living in San Jose. Like I basically, I'm, I just don't feel like I'm living. Yeah. I feel like I'm just surviving. I feel like I'm just getting by. And for them, their idea of like us having a better life was to get a degree, maybe possibly two or three degrees. I don't know. Mm-hmm. My sister has a master's to have a career where like you can move up, where you have, you know, all of that security. Like they really just wanted us to have a secure life because they didn't have that. They were always like struggling because they were the first ones from their families to live in this country. So they were the first ones to be like very well established. And on my mom's side, she was like the first one of all of her siblings to get married. So like she got married really young. Mm -hmm. And even though she's the youngest of her and her like two full brothers, even the youngest, even the ones that are younger than her, like she was still the first one out of all of them to get married because, you know, men tend to settle down later in life. Mm -hmm. And so for them, it was like, being young, always struggling to get by, having to raise three kids when they were like in their late 20s. And so they just want that security for us. But for me, I was like the fact that we, that I have the privilege of exploring and doing something different and not doing like that thing because it keeps me secure. Like for me, you succeeded in what you wanted for us, which was to do better than you having the ability to like explore things and not do that typical nine to five and like hate your life and hate your job, that in itself is a success in my opinion. And I'm not sure that they really see it that way, but they've kind of started as I moved home, understanding me more as a person who I really am and that I will never be happy doing that. I'm going to just settle and like be secure kind of stuff. Like that's just not me at all. And so they've kind of started to accept that. And I still struggle a little bit because I'm such a creative person. Um, And I like to paint and I like to draw and, you know, I have this podcast and I have another mental health platform um, and I love to create content and do graphic design and all these things. And they're always like, well, when are you going to make money from that? And that's always, I think, going to be a struggle with us because they grew up without any money. And I think they're always going to struggle with the idea that like, I just don't care about money at all. And that frustrates them a lot because they're like, how can you just not care? Like you need money to live. And I'm like, I understand that conceptually. Like I get it. Eventually I'm going to go make money, but like, that's just never my priority. Yeah. It's just not a, it's never been a priority for you to be like wealthy. That's never been something like you've ever aspired to. And I think, and I think that's the thing. My parents know that like, I expect a certain lifestyle from myself and for myself. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, in order for you to do that, you, you kind of need to have a job or a career that provides the monetary gains in order for that to be the case. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the difference is that for me and you specifically is like, your parents were like, you know, okay, go to college, you know, get the degree, have the safety net. Like, yeah. Like, will we, you know, hate you if you decide not to do nine to five? No, of course not. But like, we're not happy about it. Yeah. But like, we're not happy about it, but like you have that safety net. If for some reason you were really down and out, like you can use that to your advantage. Yeah. Um, it's just like, you're never, I I just think that you're never really going to please your parents because they always are trying to like almost fill a void that they didn't have or like heal their childhood wounds, right? Yeah. Through their children. Yeah. And so I think at some point you have to accept that you're an adult and that your family, especially for people like us who are 
black or brown, your family's never really going to like understand that you've chosen something so vastly different from everyone else in your family. Because I'm the first person who's ever pursued like a creative career. Yes. So, and what I was going to say, circle back to that was, I think our parents' generation was programmed by their parents who were programmed by their parents who were programmed Mm -hmm. by their parents who would like have to come out of the great depression where everybody was just kind of on that, like, you've got to do something, start a business, do a hustle, get in a factory, get a job. And you need to do that five, six, seven days a week to get money to put food on the table because you're, because also people were having six, eight kids, Yeah, you know, but people were doing that because a lot of people were farmers or whatever kind of work. They needed child labor. They needed child labor. And like, (laughs) you know, things have evolved over that time where parents were moving away from those kind of industries into corporations, into office buildings, you know, salespeople, like doing all these things where, and I have had that conversation with my parents where I'm like, I know that's what you believe. That's the idea that you have about the way of life and how you're supposed to like live your life here in this country. Like we have the freedom to do that. You might as well take advantage of it any way you can. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is it expensive to get a degree? It absolutely is. Are we both paying off my student loans with no degree to show for it? Yeah, we are. So like in that regard, that's why I feel bad. Cause I'm like, yeah, I want to get that degree just so that that money was worth something. I hate how expensive it is to mm-hmm. needs to be worth something. But I was going to circle back to say that my parents have always told me, like, because of my personality and just who I am, I think they expected me to kind of be, like, somebody in some regard, and no matter what avenue that was. And so I think for them to see me, like, choosing to bartend and, like, choosing to stay in, like, the service hospitality industry and, like, living paycheck to paycheck, essentially. But, like... I'm happy because I either have my mornings to myself to just have to me or to work a second job, whatever I need at that point in time. And then at night I'm like slinging drinks, living my best life, like having fun with customers and coworkers. And then I just like rinse repeat. That's fun for me. Like in a dream world, the only other thing I'd be doing is just already writing books with like a publishing deal or talking about sports and getting paid for it. Like, there's not really much else I would do that would make me happy and feel like I'm content in life. So Mm -hmm. in regards to that, it's like, I don't want to say- Yeah, but they also like, I mean, and I think that's where the age expectation needs to change because you could still do all that shit. Like, there's still so many things you can do. And it also takes a really long time to kind of like build up a platform and build up a presence um, because social media is such a huge factor in getting book deals or, you know, getting signed to different things. So it takes a really long time. and And I think that their generation doesn't really understand that because they don't really get social media and how it works and how much time and effort you have to put into it. They just think like, oh, people are just like posting pictures on the internet or whatever, right? And so, like, they don't understand how long, how much longer it takes now to, like, develop something that's not a corporate job. Like, if you want to develop a career that's outside of the typical whatever, it takes a long time. And, like, you still can do that. And also, I, to this day, miss working in a restaurant, even though it was the worst. The connections that you make with the other people, Mm -hmm. there's something about people harassing you. (laughs) That brings you closer. That brings you so close with your coworkers. And it's a bond that I'll never have with anyone else. I mean, like me and you worked in a restaurant together for a long time. And we were super, super close with all those people. 
Um, and even like one of my best friends from San Jose worked with me in my retail job. And then I took her and brought her to the restaurant that we worked at because I was working two jobs. Yep. And we're still really close to this day because like you kind of just like bond over those things and no one will really understand what you've seen in the service industry unless they've worked it too. Like a dream for me is to be in a capacity where I can just like watch sports all day long and like eat good food and drink. And like, for me, that's like owning a bar. Like I would thrive mm-hmm. being a bar owner and like providing that environment to customers and I my family that. and friends, but it's a lot of hard work. You need a lot of capital. You mm-hmm. might even need a partner. So it's like, there's so many different aspects of it that have to go into it. And it's not something that I'm not writing off. It's just something that I'm not ready to do yet. There's like other yeah. things I just want to accomplish first or just try my knack at before I like go down that route. And that is why I bartend for so long. Like I want to see all the shitty things these owners and managers are doing and treating their employees. I want to see all the crappy things. You can change it. Yeah. I want to see the crappy things we do as bartenders and barbacks and, you know, cleanliness and just what we get away with and what we give out for free. Like you've got to know all aspects of it Mm -hmm. and like dealing with beer vendors and just all those things. Like I've seen every aspect of it and I've seen people get sued and I've seen people, you know, sleep with employees and I've seen people just do all these things where it's like, great. When it's my time to finally do that, I know exactly what not to do. And will it be perfect? Of course not. But I think the beauty in me like not finishing college and going on the path I went was literally from 21 to 27. I have worked for other people either in a nine to five capacity or just in the service industry, hospitality world so long now where like all it took was six to seven years of experience. Like I know exactly how people should and should not be treated. Mm -hmm. And it's like without- But you kind of already knew that without having to work those jobs. So you working them just like amplified that for you and like really honed in on kind of what you already knew and the things that you already had in you. You're right. Because when I did get treated unfairly, it pissed me off even more because I couldn't comprehend why people were just being like, or just doing like ho-ass shit when Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like they needed to. So you're right. But yeah, so I don't know. It's just weird. You know, the expectations your parents have for you the expectations you have for yourself, the journey that you go on yourself, you know, I mean, my mom got married at 19. Like I can't even imagine being 19. Me, when I was 19 and with my ex-boyfriend, we were like laughing, like, could you imagine being married right now? And like, honestly, we would have gotten married because we were just like so puppy dog in love and just like so hopeful for the future. Like we had our kids' names picked out and shit. Like we knew the life we wanted to live together type of, you know, it's teenage love. Like, you know, you just... High school sweetheart shit. That's just what you do. And I laugh because I'm like, if I would have married him, holy crap, what would my life be like right now? I'd probably be like three, four kids deep with him. Like, I don't know. Well, we for sure wouldn't have this podcast or be friends. No, I would have never gone to college. I mean, I probably still would have gone to college at San Jose State, but I don't know. I don't know, actually. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, it's just interesting. But for those of you that are parents that are our age, the best advice we can give you is just be the parent that you wish you had. And if you had great parents and you want a parent just like them and you think that was fantastic, then good for you because not everybody has it like that. But Mm -hmm. just let your kids thrive. Like let your kids be open and who they want to be. If it doesn't make sense to you, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that you need a little time and conversation and dialogue and research to just figure out how to navigate it. 
it's scary. Yes. I know parents just want their kids to be protected and safe. They don't ever want us to go through, you know, what back in the day it used to be like interracial dating, you know, you just didn't want to have your kids go through that. And now it's like, well, I don't want you to get bullied and picked on because you identify as a different gender or because you Mm. love someone that's the same sex as you, or Mm -hmm. because you're not attracted to human beings at all. Like there's just so many different things. So that's the best advice I can give you is just allow your children the space to be who they want to be. I think my parents did that with me. And even though I might not be on the path that they would have like specifically chosen for myself, I think that they should take a lot of pride in knowing that I am a happy person. I think I'm a good person. And I think that I help a lot of people and that I'm a good friend. And I think those are important things that I'd rather take with me on this time I have in this world than like being really unhappy and depressed but having money to like live a lifestyle that, yeah, I know I deserve to live, but would it be worth that unhappiness and like non-equal balance Mm -hmm. in my life? I think you're a good person and a good friend. I think you are too. And I do think like, no matter how, you know, different our parents were with us, clearly clearly some ideals (laughs) and values that we share were instilled in both of us. We do have those things in common. Like, 100%. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say is just to remember that your parents are human and, you know, they made mistakes and none of us are ever going to be perfect. And you kind of just have to be, if you aren't understanding of your parents and their faults, then they will never be able to be that way with you. I think that you have to first, like, I think that for a lot of people in our generation, we are the first ones to really like challenge anything in our families. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately the job falls on us to find that understanding with our parents and like the generations before us, because we're the only ones who have done anything different. And so when you start to like give them that compassion and understanding of like, you guys are human and I understand why you did the things that you did and kind of just like forgive them, then you can start to, forgive yourself for not living up to their expectations and really like live your life the way that you want to without feeling like you owe them anything. Cause you don't just because people raise you doesn't mean you owe them your life. That's true. Did none of us ask to be here. Okay. That's it. Live your life, live your best life. Do what you want to do. <laughs> All right. You guys will be back after this quick break. Yeah. Let me go and get some snacks. Girl. Yes. boy welcome back y'all so we gotta talk about (laughs) sorry mine and I are a little giggly because of what we were just talking about before we hit record but (laughs) we are ready to wrap up this episode for you guys so we're gonna talk about friendship a little bit just to end it and I just kind of wanted to talk about friendship because it's a weird time right now we're kind of all at home Friendship has gotten um, very interesting for a lot of people because you have some people who have really been honing in on like the social distancing guidelines and not leaving their houses. They haven't been social. Um, Excuse me. They're on their phone more, you know, using FaceTime or texting, whatever the case may be. Then you've got people who have seen their friends a lot, who have kept up with like their normal social hangouts. Um, you know, taking trips together and stuff. So like, it's not really that big of a deal. 
And then I just think about friendship in other areas and like in regards to just mental health and people checking in on you, longevity of friendships, um, authenticity of friendships. Um, and then kind of, I don't know, just rounding it out with just the support group aspect of friendships and what that means for people in just different aspects. Mm-hmm. But so I guess we could just kind of start it out with like, what does friendship mean to us, I guess? And Maya, I'll let you go first. What does friendship mean to you? Do you have your own thought process on it? Or what a you- question. Yeah. I've always thought of friends as like my chosen family. Because even though I am really close with my family and, like, my extended family and stuff, um, none of them really live in the country. Mm. And so I've kind of, like, relied on friendships as this other source of familial support. Okay. So if you know me and my core group of friends in San Diego, we've been friends for as long as I've lived in California. So, you know, over 10 years. And they're literally part of my family. Some of my friends, one of my friends, when she went back to community college, she was taking chemistry class and would come to my house and ask my parents questions and like do her homework with my parents. None of us even lived here anymore. (laughs) And she would just come over and be like, I have chemistry chemistry questions for you. Like, can you help me study for my quiz? Whatever. Because my parents were both like chemistry teachers at one point to make money. And so that's just kind of like always been the thing for me. Um, was that they were so such a big part of my family and like they knew my family very intimately and I love to bring people home and introduce them and like have them really understand how my family works so that they can better understand me. Right. And so that's a huge thing for me is just like bringing them into my world and like really like having people be a part of that. And that's why I talk about my family a lot. And that's why I talk about like my close friends in San Diego a lot, because that is my family too. Mm -hmm. And so it was really difficult for me moving away and having to like make friends on my own. Another thing too, is my older sister is a year older than me. So all of our friends are like our mutual friend. Our core group of friends is both of our friends. Because me and her are basically friends too. (laughs) And so it was really difficult to like then make friends on my own who didn't know my sister and who didn't know my family or anything because I was like, I don't really know how you are going to really be a true friend to me. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is I become friends with people who are also really, really close with their family and have really good relationships with their family because I want to hear them talk about their family just as much as me. And I've actually like lost people and like had relationships kind of drift away because people were not comfortable with me being with my family and talking about my family and being close with them. I literally had a girl who I was friends with at one point and she was really sweet and she had been through a lot of stuff and I, I did really like her. She had a great personality and she was like super fun, but it was around the time that my sister got engaged, I think. And I was just like, you know, helping my brother-in-law plan everything and getting, you know, everything coordinated and all this stuff. And she was like, oh, you're just with your family a lot and was making comments on that. You know, every week I would FaceTime them and she'd be like, oh, you're not free this day because you're just talking to your family. And I was just like, all right. So yeah, we're not friends anymore. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Yeah. But I also think that friendship is just very much about mutual support and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I've had a lot of friendships and I'm sure you have too, because we are very similar in this way where people see me being a secure person and being very comfortable in who I am and 
they kind of want me to fix them in a way or they want to rely on me as like their personal therapist or whatever, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of relationships like that where I just feel like it's very one-sided. Yes. So my my view on relationships, on friendships has changed because of that, because I felt like I didn't have mutual support. So now I'm like, it has to be mutual. It has to be a two-way street. It can't, it also can't always be me relying on somebody and not being there for them because that has also happened. Yeah. So now I think about it a little bit differently as in like, I just want mutual support and understanding and it's not going to be perfect because no relationship is, but as long as you have those two things and like we can work things out and like have open communication and not hold grudges and push things to the side and pretend like things didn't happen, then yeah, that's kind of what it is for me now. It's evolved and changed. Yeah. I mean, that all makes perfect total sense to me, <laughs> every aspect of it. Um, and my, yeah, my idea of friendship is pretty similar to yours because I'm an only child. I feel like that's a huge factor for me in regards to friendship because for me, it's like I had my parents and then it was friends. So, I mean, that's just kind of how I based it off of. And it's like, I knew that my friends had siblings or had other friends, but I was kind of that friend growing up where like I had different groups of friends, people my age, people older than me, people that were older than the people older than me. Um, I would be the girl where like, oh, I have this good friend. And like, she's my good friend. Like, let's have a sleepover. And then, you know, time passes. And I realize like they're getting closer than like I am to both of them. And I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to exit myself out of this narrative. Like y'all have fun. I'm gonna go kick it with other people a little bit more and like, let y'all do your thing. Um, So I've had those moments. I've had moments of, gosh, I don't know. I haven't really had issues with friends. All my friends I have, people that I would call friends, I've either known for a really long time or I met in college and we've just stayed friends the entire last, I don't know, decade to, you know, seven, eight, nine years. So yeah, I don't know. I'm definitely like, I'm a serial monogamist apparently. And I guess that's the same case with my friends. Funny. Like, I just, I don't know. I mean, because when I think about it, I have friends, like I have a best friend that I've known since fifth grade. And even though we haven't seen each other since 2011, like we have still maintained our friendship through college, through after college, through broken relationships, just like personal struggles. And like, we're still here thriving and like wanting to FaceTime each other and just like do stupid shit together through FaceTime. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, after that though, like, I don't, my friendship levels are weird. I kind of, I think this is a really bad thing to say, but I kind of think about my friends and kind of like, levels and rings like I have my best friends where it's like it's like three people who have known me either from like the girl from fifth grade or two friends from high school and then I have a friend from San Jose that I would consider that too just because we've been friends for a decade now and she just knows so much about me and then it like mm-hmm. expands and then I just feel like I'm like okay out of those four best friends I breast friends I have like my, <laughs> close, my close friends And, like, it's got those people in it. And, like, I just kind of expand because I don't know. Like, I've realized, too, I actually kind of got in some trouble telling this to someone (laughs) earlier this year. I was like, I feel like I use the term friends a little too lightly. I think I'm someone who has always had a lot of friends. And I think friends is different 
in my community that I grew up in because a lot of us knew each other from elementary school. Like people just been around for so long. Mm-hmm. And again, my high school was 400 people or less. So like you, everybody knew everybody. Um, and then when you went to college, like, I don't know, it was interesting because when you make friends within like the Greek system, like in your sorority, like there's cliques, there's groups, like there's a clear, like people hang out with people. Yep. And that experience, I think, really honed in on friendship because I think I thought I was friends with everyone because I got along with everyone for the most part. Girl, same. And then I learned very quickly, like after leaving Greek life and just like navigating college before I left or stopped going to school, like these people are not your friends. These are people who may be friends with your mutual friends or acquaintances. And like you guys might have gotten drunk together a couple of times and like whatever. But like besides that, I mean... If I ever actually needed something, who, how many people can I call on? Yeah, I'm not. You're not the first, yeah. second, third, fourth, or fifth thought. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's it. For me, friendship are just people who are going to be there for you. Like, I have had a lot of conversations recently where I feel like people are asking, like, what do you think about, like, the quality of your friend group? Like, do you feel like these people are uplifting you? They're, like, pushing you to reach new goals and new heights. Are they mm-hmm. doing that for themselves? Or are they just okay with, like, the stagnant capitalistic world of just, like, having a job and, you know, doing that? And yeah, it's weird because I feel like all of my friends have – jobs and or careers are they happy with them I don't think all of them are but I know some people are mm-hmm. and for me I'm kind of like the kind of friend where I'm just like look if you're unhappy I'm always going to encourage you to do whatever you need to do to make yourself happy like yeah. I just that's my goal as a support system and you same with their relationships and like depending on what kind of details you know about people but I just feel like friendship is such a weird thing because people see friendship differently. I just had an experience yeah. with someone who was a really good friend to me. And I felt like me and her were so compatible in our friendship because we really liked the same things. We understood each other. Her family dynamic was completely different from mine. Um, and she was a really caring person, but I felt like she was caring in a way of like, I can financially care for you because I like you. But then like, if you do something I don't like, I'm just going to like demand everything back from you and just kind of like make you feel bad for like ever. And like, there are just certain aspects of like, or, you know, we would get a, like, we would be on the same wavelength for social justice issues, but then it would be like the person you're choosing to date is a Trump supporter. Like, I just don't understand how you like wrap your mind around that or just like, you know, where they're like, their family's not kind to you. Like, I don't know why you would stick around with that. Like, you know, these different things happen. And, and I mean, I can't judge because I have my own rocky relationship with different aspects of my own life. But it's like, when you're constantly spending time helping someone through things and talking to them and listening to them tell you about their life and getting to know their family members and getting to know like different people in their life, and you do feel that closeness and friendship. And then it's like, when things just don't go right for once, it just kind of like starts to become like World War Three, And then you just start to see different sides of people where I'm just like, okay, so all the things that someone else might've told me about you, like you're showing me all of it's that true. right now. Yeah. And like, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. And I just really thought maybe you were misunderstood and that like, I was someone who understood you. And like, maybe I do to a certain extent, but like, as soon as things get to a certain level, they just kind of blow up in your face and like, it's hard to navigate. And like, 
you have to look at people and like how they view other people because I wasn't comfortable with like how they would talk about other people and like certain verbiage they would use, like looking down on people or being kind of like bougie and high and mighty or like, you know, I only sit here at concerts and sporting events because like, I don't want to sit with the commoners kind of a vibe. Like it's funny when you first hear it and you're like, ha ha. But like when that's like what you say and that's your thing and that's your MO, it's like, okay, wait, it's a little classist not down for that shit. Like, yeah. I don't see myself as someone who's like, well, elitist. right now or elitist. Yeah. Like, do I like nice things? Yes. Can I get a little bougie? Hell yeah. My mom's a cancer and like, whatever I get it from her and I'm a Taurus. We'd like nice things. Like, it's just, a, I don't know. She's always been a part of me. Like, but I'm not going to put someone else down or like joke about people who can only afford bleacher seats. Like you're at the same event. It's just, some areas or, you know, whatever. So like, and I had to really sit and ask myself, you know, I had sent this person a text message and I was like telling them like, you know, I still want to be a part of each other's lives. I want to be a part of like your family's life. And, you know, like, I don't want to lose this. And then like, I went to bed and woke up the next day and just felt the complete opposite of like, I could live my life without you. And like, that's what I've done ever since is live my life without them. Like, and I don't know, it's just like, there's just different levels that's to crazy. it. Like, but you know, and then it's like, you just never, I do know. Who, yeah. You just never, I know, you know, you've had your fair share of just like interesting experience. Yeah. I'm gonna talk about it. Um, and like, and that's just one experience for me. Like there's definitely been more than one experience where I have had moments with people where I'm like, I thought we were friends and I definitely clearly was way more invested in this than you were. I mean, shit, when I was down at my lowest, like I had a friend who was like, all right, like come move in with me, live on my couch as long as you need to like get your shit together. Like that's happened more than once in my life where I've literally mm-hmm. had friends be like, Hey, come live on our couch and get your shit together. And like, well, Girl, I know you lived in my house. I know. And so I'm like, it's actually only happens twice. It's really not that often. I don't know. Like, <laughs> some girl who's been down and out all the time. Like, and it really wasn't down and out. Like I wasn't poor or homeless. It was like you're in between situations. Anyway, this isn't about me. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Friendship is just, I don't know. Friendship's different for everyone. And that's why I just wanted us to dive more into it. Cause like yeah. I, said, I know you have your own experiences with it and I feel very blessed. Like, I do have three friends from my childhood that are still my friends to this day where like I'll be at their weddings and their weddings. Like I plan to like be really close with their children and like get to know them and like know their like significant others type of thing. Like I feel really blessed for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't have siblings. So like, that's always the joke for me with my parents. I'm always just like, you know, you just didn't give me like a built in best friend. It's like, yeah, I got you too. Yeah. But like what happens when, you know, God forbid, you know, what's going to happen happens. Like I just got my people or spouse. And I think that's also probably why I'm a monogamous in the way that I am. Or like, oh yeah, that's true. Companionship. Because I think just being an only child for 18 years of your life. And like, I just crave being around my people. Like, I just like being around friends. I like having a good time with them. And for me, that's sitting on the couch, watching TV, talking about nonsense or like going and doing things together, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I just wanted to touch on like some of the stuff that you said too, because I've had, I don't know, like I, I go back and forth sometimes because I'm, uh, my political social views are very different from most people. And so I used to think that everybody had to be like as radical in thinking as I was. Interesting. And I was like, oh, you know, like if they're not, you know, fighting for something, And if they're not trying harder to like do better for themselves and like other people, then like, why am I friends with them? 
And my perspective has actually kind of changed on that because I think that you need a balance. Like I can't be super radical and be around super radical people all the time and just go crazy when things don't progress the way we want it to. Like you need a balance of people being like, this is what's realistic and this is what you can make happen. And like, please put things in perspective. So I think it's good to have a balance. Um, I definitely am still, I think I may always be the most radical person in my very close group of friends, just because I don't know. That's just like how I am. I'm a very extreme person. Like I'm just very intense. So I think that's just how I am as a person. Um, And I also like kind of, I, I try to imagine like what I want the world to look like and what I would want it to be. And not a lot of people really like take the time to sit with that and like think about what their ideal world would be and like how they could put that into action. And that's totally fine because that's not for everybody. Some people are like, I'm not going to be idealistic and think about those things. And for me, I'm like, I am a dreamer and like, I'm an imaginative person. And so for me, like part of my coping mechanism is to think about like what things could be Uh and, and, you know, kind of connect with people that can help me achieve that. So I think you do need to have a balance. Right. Um, And then the other thing I wanted to say too, was like, the way people talk about other people and the relationships that they have with other people is so important. So important. Because I have had friends like that who they kind of like talk about other people a certain way because they've grown up more privileged. Um, And I've had a really hard time being friends with people who have money, who have like financial support from their parents, like unconditionally that's been really difficult for me because I will just never understand that. And I'll never have that. And I also don't think that you should look down on other people because they don't have it. And not everybody thinks that way. So I do have a best friend who is white, has generational wealth, but is literally one of the most like down to earth people will always help you out is always there for you. Like if you need someone to talk to and is like super sensitive and super kind and like, He's working through a lot of things with what's going on socially. And I really respect that. And I know it's really hard for him because he's never had to think about a lot of these things. Yeah. Um, But because he grew up with me and my sister and is so close to us and like, he's an only child. So like you, like we're basically his siblings. Right. And so he's trying so, so hard. And I like see him trying so hard. And he literally called me the other day, like crying because he got into an argument with some guy who like, didn't agree with Black Lives Matter protests. And I was like, you can't like fight everybody. You got to pick and choose your battles, sweetie. Like this has been my whole life. So you can, and he was like, I didn't, I just, you were the only person I wanted to talk to because I couldn't talk to anyone else about this. Right. So, I mean, there's like, there's levels to it. I think if there are people who are extremely privileged, but don't also like are also flexible with you and are like, I know that you are supporting yourself so maybe we can't do these things um, and are kind about it and like compassionate about the fact that like you don't want everything paid for by them and stuff. And like, they're not going to hold it against you even if they do pay for something because they have the means to do it, then that's fine. Like as long as you find that person who's like understanding, but I have had friends who like just aren't that way. Yeah. And who talk about people just in a certain way that I guess I didn't realize for a long time because I kind of just like, I don't know. I just saw it as like, oh, they're just like critiquing certain things, right? 
And then I started to realize that like, they were really just talking shit about everyone and everything. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were really unhappy with themselves, but like refused to get the help that they needed and instead just wanted to like talk shit about other people. And that's something that I don't tolerate. Right. And I had, that's a hard aspect to kind of come to terms with. I think when you, it's really hard. And I, and I lived with two people like that who were my best friends for years and only in the past two years when I lived with them in our newer place did I realize I was like at a different point in my life because I was the first one of my group of friends that graduated mm-hmm. and started working. And so when I started doing that, I just like started hanging out with other people who were like me, who were like bending for themselves and didn't have a big support system and like moved from, you know, a different state or something. And so I started like interacting with a lot of different people outside of like my circle of friends who I went to college with. And I was like, wow. So there are, like, people who aren't like this, who don't talk shit about other people, and, like, that's not their whole personality. And so coming to terms with that was, like, really difficult for me. And when I moved, it was a lot easier because I don't have to live with them and I don't have to interact with them if I don't want to. So I don't. Um, But that was hard because I fought for a long time for those friendships. And one of the friendships, too, like, another thing that you touched on a little bit is just, like, confronting and addressing things uh, one of the friendships like we had a huge falling out in our like second year of friendship and I forgave that person and then like I don't know after that we never like they never really wanted to discuss the issues and so like those issues just always built up and we never talked about it and they were also one of those people who was like very unhappy with themselves and very unhappy with like their life and their situation and their relationship. And so it just kind of got to a point where I was like, we don't actually like address our issues. And when we do, like it turns into this whole thing. And it was just like very, like both of those relationships of those people that I lived with, I think were not really like good relationships, good friendships for me to be in. Yeah. And ever since I moved, it's kind of been a weight off my shoulders that I don't have to like interact with them every day and like talk to them and deal with them. Because I'm like, I don't have to like think about the stuff that we haven't talked about and that we refuse to address. I don't have to think about those people anymore. Yeah. And see, that's, and that's the, I guess that's the nice thing, like you said, about like leaving that area and environment, because I think for me, I'm kind of always like looking over my shoulder and wondering if I'm going to run into certain people that I don't want to see and what that experience is going to be like. And will I engage? Will I not? Because there's people that, you know, there's just some people you want to stay away from. And like, mm-hmm. I want to forget, I was like hanging out in um, this downtown area. And this girl I saw that was, I only knew her because of a friendship I had with a person I'm no longer friends with. Mm-hmm. And they stopped being friends. And isn't I, that funny when that happens? But and so and that's my thing too, like that specific example I gave was like this person seemed to like always be losing friends like throughout her life. It was like no matter yeah. what phase of life they came from, at some point she falls out with people. And then it's just like the people she does have in her life are like all like toxic or just like like you said, they're not happy with themselves. They don't understand mm-hmm. why they're not getting certain things in life and like it's like me, me, me and whatever. And like it just reminded me seeing that person. I was like, that's why I don't even want to go back to being friends with you is because either you attract people like that or they attract you. I don't know what the reasoning is, but like, it's clear. 
I don't, I don't even know if she has friends, honestly, which is kind of sad. Like, I think she's yeah. got her family and her man. And I think she's got a couple friends. Like, I'm not saying she's, like, friendless. I just don't know if she's acquired any new ones in our area, especially for COVID, whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. Friendship just – I haven't lost a lot of friends. I just feel like I've demoted them as friends. I don't know if they know they've been demoted. I've just kind of, like, reallocated yeah. them to, like, the acquaintance column. And I'm just, like – because I'm the person where – that's kind of what I like about social media and especially like now with like all the posting I've been doing and just like with this podcast, people have been reaching out who I don't hear from in a while. And it, it always is just you pick up wherever it's left off. Even people who I haven't seen since high school, like since a graduation, like we talk, it's easy, it's cool. And I'm like, great, you're a great. Mm-hmm. It's like, thank you for seeing being someone who like we follow each other's lives and like you pop yeah. in, like supporting each other because it's like, there's so many people that I expect in my friend group to support me and like reach out and uplift me and like ask questions and just like engage and they just don't do it. And so then I have to like sit back and I'm just like, right. Cause we're not friends. We're yeah. friends had a friendship at one point and that friendship like negated its way down to an acquaintanceship where like, it's like the social media, like it's a social media relationship. It's not even a friendship at this point. It's just like, yep. we follow each other. We like each other's pictures. We look at each other's stories, nothing more, nothing less. Like we might meet up and grab a drink every now and then, whatever the case may be. But like, that's what I'm having to realize with a lot of people. And like the older we get and people getting married and having kids, I'm just like, yeah, thanks for the time we had together. But I need to realize that like, can't keep getting mad at people for not doing what I expect them to do because clearly we're not at that level anymore. Yep. And I think that's something you have to realize as an adult with your friendships is you can't fix everybody and your job as a friend is not to like, you shouldn't be in a friendship where you're there because you want to fix somebody and help them and like change them. That should never be the goal. And the other thing too is that not everybody is your friend. And like, I realized that when I started to, I, I completely changed my social media and just started posting yeah. my artwork and like the things that I'm working on. And I get a lot less support than I was getting before because it's not pictures of me um, and me with my makeup and like in cute outfits and all this like superficial shit. Yeah. And so I have noticed that like there are certain people who like I considered really close friends before and they have not once reached out to say like, oh, I love your podcast. Like I've been listening literally on my birthday. My best friend just like posted all these pictures of me, but was also like, also go check out her artwork. Also go check out her podcast. Also go check out her mental health platform. Yeah. Because like that's my best friend. Like she's my ride or die. I don't even ask her to do it and I don't expect her to do it. And she just does it. Because yeah. it's just, like, unconditional support and love. Yeah. And so, like, I, I did realize that when I stopped being, like, superficial and stopped caring about, which I never really cared about materialistic things, but sometimes you get caught up in, like, the world of the other people that you hang out with. And, and so, like, I was caught up in that. Yeah. Yeah. And so once I stopped um, kind of, like, being involved in that and, like, didn't want to go out to drink anymore and didn't want to, like, party as much and didn't want to, like do my full face of makeup and started wearing my natural hair. I lost a lot of friends who obviously weren't my real friends. And that's so weird. Cause I, I don't feel like I've lost friends, but I've definitely been surprised. Like, I think we talked about that not too long ago where 
I was like, oh, you see my one friend that like always promotes our stuff. And you're like, yeah, she's like every week she's like out there promoting. The yeah, I bet if I open Instagram right now, she has posted a story of our current episode that's out. Right. I guarantee and, it. And she's the only one, like out of all my friends, like she's the only one. And I don't call anyone out for it. I don't have anything to say about it because for me, I'm kind of just like, look, if you want to, you want to, if you're actually listening to it, great. If not, whatever. Cause I know people are listening to it. So it's like, I don't know, but it's just something to think about where I'm just like, I've never had to ask. I've never had to beg. She's just like, I love what you're doing. I appreciate it. She's like, you know, I'm white and like, you know that I just want to learn and like, I just want to make sure that I'm doing the right mm-hmm. thing and that I just hear different perspectives. And I just appreciate that because there's so many of my friends who like say the N word or who just, you know, they just done some, some things over time where I'm just like, listen, these are the type of conversations you should be listening to and like engaging yourself in. And it doesn't hurt to just like send a text and just engage, but you know, it's okay. These are life lessons. These are all yeah. just who's there for you, who supports you. And and also, is it real? Because I would hate to be that person who has 20 people supporting them. But at the end of the day, people are talking hella shit behind your back. Yep. And at the end of the day, like people support you to your face. But if you weren't around, it really wouldn't affect their life. Um. So it's all about, you know, I'm definitely a quality over quantity person. There's a lot of people who have the quantity and they think they're quality. But like, you know, like you said earlier, there's a difference between just like, oh, girl, give me the cheese, may like what's going on besides like, oh, I'm here to talk shit about people and just judge them and provide my unwarranted opinion that no one asked for. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know. But anyway, I know we kind of went all over the place with it. Um, (laughs) I think we both proved, you know, like we do have friendships that have longevity, that have crossed phases of life. You know, they know our families. Like I FaceTime my parents if I'm with my friends and they're like down the, you know, hi mom, what's up? You know? Yeah. So I mean, I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative that people like my parents and they like me. I just think it's important for us to just keep our tribes real and accountable and supportive and to keep encouraging people and pushing them, you know, make sure you check in with people. But it's a two-way street. I never want people to feel like, you know, like you said earlier, like you're just the one giving and someone's just taking and they're not giving back. Um, I definitely have had those moments where I'm just like, look, I keep trying to reach out to people. I keep trying to hang out. I keep trying to like reconnect, whatever the case may be. And at some point, I'm just like, I'm done trying. Like, yeah, if I see you, I see you. Great. But like, what we had is what we had. I'll have the picture memories from it and like wish you nothing but the best moving forward. And I think I'm just at that point with a lot of people lately and it is what it is, but yeah. And I think that COVID has really put it into perspective. Um, for me, it was moving mm-hmm. with everything in perspective because not a lot of people have like kept in contact with me since I moved. And there has been certain like random people who like, have reached out, but they only reached out, like, during protests and things like that, because, like, they knew that I would be one of the most vocal people about all of that stuff, because I have always been, Mm -hmm. um, and that's just fake, like, you're just trying to use me to, like, educate you for free, and I'm not down with that, um, and so, yeah, and I can, and I can see right through that shit, so it's fine, (laughs) I'm not gonna respond to you, and so, I, yeah, I think that it put a lot of things in perspective of, like, 
there's no point in trying to force relationships. Like, especially when you're, when you have a really close, like core group of people around you and you have a really strong support system, there's no point in trying to force other relationships that like are not meant for you. And I do think it's important for us to like encourage each other to do better for ourselves, no matter what people choose to do. Like, I think it's, I think it's part of like holding people accountable and that's like true friendship is telling people like, you know, you're so focused on this thing and I don't see you improving and I don't see you like putting, surrounding yourself with the right people. And if they take that the wrong way, like that's totally fine. Or if they also feel that way about you and are like, oh, well, I also think you should do this and this and this, there should be a mutual accountability, but you also can't force people to change and you can't like force people to grow and if people don't want to do those things, then it's kind of like, I'm out because yeah, I've had a lot of people like that. I mean, you try. just like don't want to do better. They just don't want to do better for themselves. That's true. And you know, something that I've definitely learned, especially like just us having this conversation right now, something that kind of popped in my head was just, I think there's definitely some people that came into our lives for certain parts of our life because we yeah. need them. Like I think about your situation and just like you navigating college and just like your social scene and who those mutual friends were. I think you did need those people. And I think they were good support systems for you as long as they were until mm-hmm. it wasn't, you know, a necessary benefit both ways anymore. And like, I think about that with myself. Like I think me and the first example of a friend I gave was we both came into each or like we both got each other at a time where I think we did both need each other. Mm-hmm. And it was like a nice little fruitful, like two year thing we had going on. But like once things started moving in different directions for me, things were kind of like falling apart slash trying to get peace back together for her. And I think it just became too like, you know, like I was trying to do my thing and like go somewhere in my life with a person and like, you're trying to figure your shit out. But yeah. like, you guys like got to be really careful about people who like don't have friends or who lose friends often. Like you can't just be their token friend. Like it can't just like all your marbles in one basket. That's just a lot of responsibility for people and like too much power for them to kind of like hold things over you and kind of like question you when things don't go the right way. So yeah, I just want everybody to be kind of just like mindful, you know, the energy you're putting out and the energy you're giving back. And, and it's okay to tell people like, you know what, like I just, got to do my own thing for a minute. Like it's nothing against you, even if it is. Like if you're not comfortable to lie about it, little white lie it out to like separate yourself from people and just go do you for like three months, six months, a year and reevaluate. Because if people are meant to be your friend, you can reconnect with them and- At any point and it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And that's the thing is like, you just have to remember that not everybody is there to be there for your whole life. And that's like a hard thing that I've had to come to terms with not everybody's going to be my friend for my whole life. Like they're just not meant to be. Some people are just there to teach you lessons. Yes. And that's really hard. And I think, especially for people like us, we are the type of people who fight really hard for the people that we love. And like, we just go hard for people when we care about them. And not everybody is like that. (laughs) My core group of friends is very, like they're all very much like that too, which is why they are, you know, my friends for life and my family. But all, most of the other people that I've been friends with have not been that way, which should have been, like, my number one sign. Um, but, right. you know, it, it teaches you lessons because everybody is so different. Everyone has such a different background. And, like, there are, there are people there to teach you certain things at certain times. Because, like you were saying, my friends that I had in college, like, they really taught me how to be, like, a liberated person. 
mm-hmm. and to not really care so much about like my family's values over my own. And that was a really important lesson for me because I come from a very traditional family who right. like, you know, are immigrants and live in other countries. And like, it's just, it's, you can't navigate that when you, all of your other friends are also from the same background as you. So like that was a good lesson for me and it taught me a lot of things and I'm a very different person now because of them, yeah. but it's fine. And it's fine that we're not friends anymore. I have nothing against them. And I think that's the most important part is like when you do decide to let go of, of relationships that don't serve you anymore, forgive those people for not being what you needed. And also like forgive yourself for cutting them off because sometimes we feel guilty or we hold shame that we couldn't maintain a friendship with people mm-hmm. when realistically like you just weren't meant to be friends with them forever. That's it. Yeah, that's definitely my case. Like, I've felt guilty probably for, like, six months until I finally had to tell myself, like, there's nothing for you to feel guilty about. Mm-hmm. Like, I have my side of things. They'll have their side of things. And, like, there's so many other puzzle pieces involved that I just had to tell myself, like, look, this is what's good for me. I haven't been stressed about things that I would have been if that person was still in my life. And, like... Yeah. And I don't wish any ill will. Anytime I see that person post a picture and it seems like their relationship, at least for what they're showing social media, seems to be like thriving and still like whatever. I'm like, great. Good for you. Like glad that whatever personal differences you guys have seem to not get in the way of your love, quote unquote, whatever it may be. But like, like, I'm glad that you got what you were looking for. And I'm glad that I hope that those people who decided to prioritize other things over our friendship got what they wanted from that. That's what I hope. And it's just, you know, and I never, and I don't think there's anyone in my life. There's probably only one person in my life. I have really sincere, like sincerely just did not give a damn about, like I wish them ill will. I think their whole platform and image and brand is fake as hell. And like, they weren't even a real friend. They were like a coworker acquaintance that just like is a petty little bitch who like, when they don't get their own way, they just like narrate things however they want. And I'm just like, those people like that, when you want to be like vindictive and like, that's just your character and you yeah. just like, and you just like blame everyone else for like things that aren't working right in your life. Like, I'm not going to wish well for you. And there's only one person I can recall in my life that I've ever felt those kinds of feelings towards any other person I've had any issues with. I've been able to work them out with them with either me being the bigger person and like having a conversation or them mm-hmm. just being willing to like hold a dialogue. But yeah. Friendship is weird. It's interesting. It's beautiful. It's lovely when it's right and it's good, but it can also be really bad and murky when it's not. And yep. Especially if you're not like in a good place yourself. Something that I've learned too is like, I'm trying to work through all of my issues so that I'm not trauma bonding with people all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't want to, like, now that I'm an adult and I'm like in this new phase of my life, I don't want to continue making friendships based off of trauma. Like, I don't want us to be friends because of, like, these shitty things that happened. I want us to be friends because of, like, our character and, like, our values and our similarities and, like, the things that we like and dislike versus, oh, this horrible thing happened to me. Oh, and it also happened to you. Like, let's be friends now. So I'm trying to, like, kind of just change that narrative as I'm, like, moving into this new phase of, like, me working through my issues and being very vocal about them and being vocal about what I want out of relationships instead of trauma bonding (laughs) you know what self-awareness girl that's beautiful because honestly I don't think a lot of people realize how they bond with people um I've definitely had friends where I'm like I know why you're friends with these people and 
I'm gonna let you do you. This is a life lesson journey for you. And while I think you probably should be kicking it with other people, not my life, yeah. not parent. So, you know, but that's important. I mean, shit. That's some self-awareness right there. I'm proud of you for that one. Because seriously, I don't think people know. Blessings. Yeah, I don't think people know. Like, And like you said, and you can't be good friends to people if you ain't got your own shit together. That's just fact. Exactly. Like, you can't love and give good energy to anybody if we're going through our own funk. So, yeah, yep. that's it. So, yeah, be good, good, be good friends to your friends. Um, you do not have to stick around just because you're used to it, you know? All of your friends don't need to be friends with each other. That is true. That is one huge friendship lesson that I have learned in my life. I do not need to be the bridge between different groups of my friends. I do not need to have all of my people like each other. Some people are meant to be enjoyed in separate spaces. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you're don't let your group of people feel guilty that like, oh, well, why can't I come do this with you? Like, why are you got to do two separate things? There's a reason for it. Just trust me and believe it. And like, I'm doing that for the betterment of everyone, girl. Mm -hmm. You just spoke deep within my spirit with that one. Really, that <laughs> some things for me because I was like, girl, yes, you ain't got to have everybody get along because let me yeah. tell you, things have gone wrong so many times for me with that one. Mm. All right. But yeah, any other tips or tricks? Yeah, just don't like hold so much pressure to like maintain friendships. Not everybody's there to be there forever. And when things don't serve you anymore, like move on. It's mm -hmm. okay. True. Friendships, relationships, romantic or not. All of them. Work related. Even familial relationships. Like, yes. It is so, okay. Sometimes they're really toxic. And yes. people have a hard time like breaking those relationships. And But there's plenty of people that do it. Hey, from parents to aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews, mm -hmm. beyond, it does not matter. Some, you know, some people just won't get it. And you deserve peace and happiness in your own world. Exactly. And that's why it matters. So that's all I got. Good. But thank you guys for tuning in this week. As always, we'll be back next week with another episode. Well, actually, we're going to be ending pretty soon, you guys. Next week, we're recording episode 10, which will be our final episode of like this quote unquote season i guess yeah. yeah um we are actually gonna be doing a little collaboration with a podcast called hella latino mm -hmm. where um the host olaris and me will be discussing latinidad yes which is super important it's right now uh, latinx heritage month which i do not believe in and we'll talk about why mm -hmm. and ktz what are you doing for your topic next week I believe we said we were going to evolve that into the N-word, I believe. Okay. And I think we were going to round it out on just the history, I think, of it and why or why not people should be engaging it in their typical conversation. Yeah, so we're going to definitely be doing more of like a culturally relevant episode yeah. for the last episode. Um, and then, yeah, that'll be like our 10 episodes. So you can catch up on all of them while we take a little break. Mm -hmm. And then we'll come back to recording whenever we feel mentally ready. All right, you guys. Have a great one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.